This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey there, everyone. I'm Chris. Ugh. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, that's the first time I've ever seen you without your glasses on just now, by the way. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because, you know, I often don't think of myself as a glasses wearer, but I, I haven't not worn glasses in, you know, 25 years. Yeah, so probably more than you've worn glass, not worn glasses. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's because I, <clears throat> I started where when I needed, like uh, when I was a kid, I had glasses up until about fourth grade, and then I got contacts because it's cool. But man, contacts are just such work. You got contacts in the fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade, something like that. Yeah, Whew, look at you. Well, welcome everyone to the geology. <laughs> That's premier, Jesse, the blind one. <laughs> the premier geology podcast. How's everyone doing today? Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. We got uh, we always have action packed shows here, but uh, we have a very very timely episode today. Uh, there's been uh, there's been a little bit of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, chaos in the great state of Texas. I was going to say kerfluffle. Kerfluffle. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't. I kind of blanked there. I was, I don't know. Are you drinking wine right now? Yeah. What? That's a goblet. <laughs> <laughs> it came out of nowhere. I've yeah. never seen this man drink wine ever. Was, I didn't think that he knew what I, it was. I was drinking a light beer earlier. I, I, uh, I, do, I do have a light beer as well. But uh, I, I would my, hope that's the finest box wine that they make. No, it's actually pretty nice. Uh, my wife went to bed, but there was like this much left in the bottle. I was like, well. I can put a cork in it or I can just, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So you're getting sophisticated, Steve, today. Mm. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Strap so, in. <laughs> so uh, we decided we're going to, the topic of today, we're going to talk about uh, Texas and what's kind of going on right now in Texas, uh, you know, current events in terms of the this like really gnarly ice storm that they've been having. And um, there's been a lot of people without power at the time that we're recording this. Actually, last I heard, uh, this morning or so they're, they they're getting people back with power there were millions of people without power for for days and days and i think now they're down to under half a million people without power still but which is still a huge a amount yeah. of people no, yeah. i mean it's just you know you lose power and it's just like yeah. goodbye refrigerated food you know heating you know and it's, well yeah i think that's more of the bigger issue is heating uh, <laughs> so yeah so um so that's what we're gonna be uh we're going to be talking about today uh, and all this stuff. Actually, I would like to start off with, uh, I actually have a bone to pick. Uh-oh. And uh, yeah, yeah. And this is actually great that, that we're, we're talking about this. So I was watching some of the, uh, I was visiting some family this week and I was watching one of the, uh, one of the, one of the news stations, the evening programming, I guess you call it like news entertainment, right? Um, and what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what station it was. I'm not going to say who the gentleman was, but the first thing on this episode was it was uh, it was more of a, a right wing leaning. Um, I guess it does. That doesn't even matter. I shouldn't say that. But the, the, the person that was talking was trying to link climate change and say that climate change wasn't happening. And one of the well, one of the reasons say, look, look at look at Texas. Yeah. What's going on? Where's your global warming? They're getting nailed with an ice storm. 
and tried to say that that was climate and immediately. So I just wanted, wanted to, I've said this on the, on the show before, but you know, you can't, you can't blame one single storm and say that that's climate. The definition of climate is decades at the minimum. I uh, think like 40, 50 years of 30. The minimum is 30 years. 30. Okay. Okay. 30 years of, of weather data uh, in order to even start. And that even that that's, that's at the, the minimum to even start throwing that word climate around. And I just, you have to, you can't say just because of one single storm that, uh, you know, and, and link that to climate or yeah. climate change. So we, and I, I, I'll talk about this a little bit, I guess, <clears throat> when we, when we really get into it, um, we would consider this a weather event. Mm-hmm. Yes. You wouldn't consider a climate event and you won't, you won't say it's a climate event. No, I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast too. I I've gone out to, you know, uh, clients or, or, you know, I, I investigate all kinds of uh, environmental releases in the I, area. They're going to just say, I investigate all sorts of weird things. Like, <laughs> so that's where I thought he was going, like no. Ghostbusters or something like that, you know? No. Tiffany ghouls or specters? Uh, no. But I, I was at this gentleman's house. Their their heating fuel tank leaked. And, you know, I chit-chat with the person and he was saying that he was from the uh western pennsylvania between pittsburgh and erie and i said oh well i used to vacation in erie all the time and we we're talking talking and then somehow it like took a hard turn he's like well you'll never you know no one anything anyone ever says will ever convince me that there's climate change you and i was just like oil. i was just like i'm sorry what <laughs> like he's like yeah like n- nobody and so i immediately we weren't even really talking about climate change. It was like a nice day or something. I, I think I brought up. And then, so I slowly turned the topic to like Erie and we were talking about fishing and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, and isn't it interesting how like, you know, uh, people in Erie used to get all kinds of lake effect snow in November, like, you know, tons and tons of snow. He's like, yeah, man, I remember when I was a kid, I used to get tons of snow and I was like, it, and, but then the lake would freeze over and then they'd stop getting lake effect snow because the lake froze over. I was like, now the lake never freezes over. So they just keep constantly getting dumped on and dumped on and dumped on and they keep getting more and more snowfall events. And he was like, oh yeah. Like, it's like sometimes, sometimes you have to like take it home a little bit, like, like give them a little bit of a perspective of like, yes, when you were a kid, used to be a ton of snow until the lake froze and then the lake froze and then people stopped getting snow because you know there was no source of water evaporate yeah yeah so it it you know i i guess just yes that that was i that was my experience with like weather versus climate and and trying to explain it to somebody over a longer term and you know you get atmospheric disturbances <clears throat> that can affect you know, for a short period or a long period, this would be sort of a, a short, short period disturbance. What what we're seeing in the South, and it's an atmospheric disturbance. That's what it is. Or you get a long term, a, lo- a little bit longer, like Mount Pinatubo, <laughs> which created dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> which created the conditions that cooled the planet just a little bit, so we couldn't swim. And so I couldn't swim that summer. 
the, of you know so i hope good friend of the show ryan is listening yeah so the what year what, what year was that 92 or 93 up to the 91 91 okay 90. so it was 92 yeah oh 92 okay <clears throat> yeah because it was june it was i didn't realize this uh, until recently it was it erupted and i'm not saying it's a coincidence or this is the reason i remember it but it erupted in 1991 the day after my birthday mm. Uh, it erupted in, in June, June 4th, June 15th of 91. And so the disturbance lasted until the next year, but you would still, you wouldn't consider that sort of a, a climate. No, it was just to be a long-term atmospheric disturbance. Not unless Pinatubo erupted for 30 straight years. Yeah. There was just a quick side note, and this is what I mentioned earlier before the show. So a, a side story about Pinatubo. I don't know if you all noticed <clears throat> there was a there was a mouse that they just rediscovered on Pinatubo the classic Pinatubo volcano mouse um Atmos scarabianus I think it's I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right but it's a little cute little guy uh tiny long tail looks like a mouse um <laughs> mouse that looks like a mouse mouse looks like a mouse i'm a regular yeah. right. you're a biologist over there <laughs> yeah regular <laughs> biologist. so it it was home to this mouse the mouse only lived on pinatubo hence why they called it the pinatubo volcano mouse um and it only lived near the summit in the sort of the upper reaches of of the mountain and so when pinatubo erupted in 91 you know, it, it was a massive sort of cataclysmic eruption. It lost, you know, the top thousand feet of the mountain vaporized, essentially, were, were exploded off. Ooh. And, it, it, you know, the, the hole it left in the ground it was a mile and a half wide hole. And it obliterated, you know, the pyroclastic flows down the side of the mountain just killed the forests. And, and you know, you had some lahars that came down the stream valleys. And uh, most uh, ecologists thought that eh, well, was, it was yeah. they had a good run, <laughs> uh, and they hadn't seen it since. And they've only just rediscovered. They made it. He made it. No kidding. They, they made it. He and she, the the mice, made it. So Life the, always finds a way. The Pinatubo volcano mouse survives. And That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's sort of, it's, it's these little sort of, these little critters. It made me think of um, mammals after the Chicxulub impact. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Little tiny sort of mammals that live in maybe little burrows to find a way to survive these cataclysms. See, that would be climate change, the Chicxulub impact. Yeah, that lasted for yeah, that, a little bit. Yeah. But speaking of the chicks well, impact, again, to get off on another tangent, I saw an article recently that someone's trying to claim that it was a comet, not an asteroid. Yeah. Did you say and that link out? I, I did. And I didn't read it. I, I read it and they're like, yeah, well, it could have been a comet based on the math. It's like uh, a much less likely scenario that it was a comet. And then all the other scientists are like, well, what about all the iridium? 
Like, where did that mm. come from? <laughs> so Good so point. I, I haven't dove deep into the. Uh... So you don't get iridium. The, the metal is yes. only on the meteorites. Yeah. So iridium is a, a, a element on the periodic table that's mostly found in asteroids. It's more abundantly found in asteroids than it is on terrestrial planets. So, and comets are mostly made of ice. So if a comet, Big all snowballs. Yeah. So if a comet hit the planet, it would still be devastating, but there wouldn't be this uh, dusting of iridium all over the planet. So I, I don't know. I, I got to dive more into some of their um, sources and things like that. But anyway, that was just a little sidebar. I just saw that today. So yeah. don't believe that's, it. That's don't believe the hype. Actually. So I'm thinking about this and that chicks, a lube impact. I I want to say I'd like to challenge that idea about it causing climate change because how many, how long did it change the climate? More than 30 years, buddy. It changed the climate. Cause I mean, like, so it did. Yes. Okay. Okay. Think about (laughs) it. It it burned like, you know, how how many percent of the forest across the entire globe? So I, okay. Okay. I see you. Okay. I'm sorry. I I was thinking different, different minds. Okay. okay. No. Yes. Did did the the initial impact and all that stuff. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's like clouds, the earth for what they say, two years or whatever. Yeah. That's, and that's kind of interesting. And I think we should just mention that real quick. So the idea, and this was, this was sort of the idea about a nuclear winter right when this was it became big i think carl sagan first posited this um where if you drop enough nuclear bombs it kicks up so much dust into the atmosphere that it blocks sunlight and cools the planet off and that that was the the thought here where <clears throat> um the the asteroid hit it kicks so much dust up it blocked sunlight out and i think early on researchers and, and folks thought uh, it cooled off the planet and sort of made this nuclear winter scenario. But now we're finding like the way the atmosphere works and the way, you know, rainfall works, it really would only affect the planet for, like you said, like two years. It's, it's sort of no matter how cataclysmic it is and how mm-hmm. much dust it kicks up, it comes out pretty quickly. I mean, well, yeah, relatively pretty quickly. Two years without sun would suck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It caused an extinction event. Yeah. Essentially yeah. Because yeah. of that. But but from from the, you know, not the it's not a hard and fast, you know, 30 years, but it is it's longer term. And that's, you know, the friend of the show, Maddie here just asked, is it climate change if it totally resets the climate? Yeah, because that your climate is is climate climate is is what's happening and so if it it shifts or if it changes in any way there there is no resetting because there's no starting point it's always moving climate is always changing to a certain extent sorry i wanted to bust into the what's happening song (laughs) 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 sorry but uh (laughs) i get it i've been aging myself left and right (laughs) today <laughs> what's happening was a popular show in the 70s and 80s but carry on but yeah it's just climate is 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 something that that's you know it's always going on is there a show called now uh so, so, so you know you there there is no idea about it resetting you're you're just altering it over time yeah and if it's yeah. altered for more than 
you know, 30 years, then, then it is a change in the climate. And part of, you know, this is the, the one thing I always say is, you know, climate, climate, is, it, it's always changing and it's, it's always sort of shifting and it's been warmer and it's been colder. The, the reason we sort of focus on it now is because we as humans have never experienced to a certain extent, a shift like we're going or the change we're experiencing now at the rate that we're experiencing. And yes. So I think that's part of the, the issue here. Yeah. So, you know, humans have been evolving for the last, I don't know, 2 million years or so, you know, up until, you know, Homo sapiens. But yeah. so for the last 20,000 years or so, we've been coming out of an ice age evolving as we're evolving. So, for essentially for the last 20,000 years, yes, things have been getting warmer, but now they're getting warmer on a pace that's uh, unprecedented. Yeah. And, and you know, again, when I say getting warmer, that doesn't mean every single part of the planet is getting hotter all at the same time. I mean, yes, I guess generally if you take a whole big average temperature of the planet, over the year yes but it's and and so you know homo sapien like modern humans we've only been here i consider myself a modern human we all are in the same boat um wow. to any anywhere from 100 to 200,000 years like modern humans have not been around long mm -hmm. um and and the last time we've experienced warming like we're in now was 125,000 years ago. It was what we call good old, as everyone knows, marine isotope stage 5E. Yeah! Rolls right off the tongue. Um, so good. Here's the 5E. Yeah, it's the last major interglacial, as we call it. Because we've been bouncing between glaciations and interglacials, so these warming and cooling for the past two million years, the Pleistocene um, is denoted by these advances and retreats of, of glaciations. So um, <laughs> interesting. I was just uh, I, I didn't I didn't realize this yet. I guess this just came out um, a couple. Well, actually, last month. But uh, twenty twenty is tied for the warmest year on record. Yeah, yep. 2017? 16, yeah. 2016. And it's the first, uh, it was 2020. 2020 is the first non-El Nino year to take that title, I think. Oh, is it? Woo. Mm. Good job, 2020. <clears throat> Made the record books or something else, too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so going from great, you know, uh, the, the hottest – years on record it was well 2020 and 2016 and then 2019 15 17 18 14 2010 2013 2005 1998 98's not on there uh, oh, 2009's man. at uh i guess uh 10 or 11th place now but uh um yeah so you know some of these numbers you know we're, we're looking at just just those top 10 you know um I, I said top, the, I said 11 years. I added on 2020, 
onto there. But, you know, we're looking at um, yeah, 15 years of, you know, of the, the warmest. I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is it looks like, you know, regardless, we're getting closer to that 30 year mark, you know, that we said with for the <laughs> definition of climate. So, oh, yeah, this it's is an ongoing thing that's, you know, crazy getting warmer and warmer. And then if, if you just look at, uh, I'm looking at some charts here about just kind of the, the warming and you really kind of see this, this spike from uh, in, in the, into the night, like the 1980s, the, the warming really starts to take up and it's kind of starts to follow an exponential curve, really increasing from the eighties, nineties, early 2000, the, the uh, yeah, early 2000 and then the, the teens. So it's, uh, there's, I don't know. Yeah. It's getting things are getting warmer. And and then based on these trends, you get exacerbated climate, meaning uh it, or an exacerbated weather. So mm-hmm. you're gonna have more intense, more frequent weather events. So you're gonna have more intense, more frequent hurricanes. Yeah, know. did we did we yeah. talk about we did talk about it, like how, how you know, the it, it's basically ocean temperature dictates hurricanes and then how much water can be. Did, I, did we do the my fun fact of I don't know if it's a fun fact. It's going to be of <clears throat> from like 19. I don't know. I, I'm, you know, don't cite me on this fact check it for yourself, but like. But from 1950 to 2000, there were essentially like 60 category four and five storms. And from 2000 to 2020, yes, 65 category four and five. There's been the same amount in half the time. We, we've definitely talked about it. I don't know if it was in a Patreon extra or I think, we, one of I our think podcasts. Yeah, I think we talked about it in the podcast. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Which, yeah, that's a function of, of and it's kind of interesting, you know, the, because the, the old thought was, oh, warm water leads to hurricanes. We should expect more hurricanes. But what we're actually seeing is that warm water leads to more intense hurricanes. Mm, yeah. And, and not just, and by intense, not necessarily uh, the severe, severe Simpson scale is what we use to categorize hurricanes currently and it has to do with wind speed and because back in the day wind speed was the most devastating factor well now the fact that the ocean has so much essentially potential energy with the warm water getting evaporated now the the biggest deadly factor of a hurricane is uh, getting to be the amount of water that's dropped yeah. So the the potential for it to hold more water because yeah. the air is warmer, the water is warmer, is leading to more devastation. And and warm water <clears throat> causes water to expand, which is sea level rise and warming. Planets. Yeah, that's the one that a lot of people don't realize attributes right. to sea level rise is just the expansion of the oceans due to due to heating it up. And so when these hurricanes move on shore, they you know. Sea level rise is is part of the reason flooding has been so bad with some of these recent storms. But you you look at Hurricane Harvey that came ashore near Houston a couple of years ago. Oh man! It, it dumped like it dumped like forty inches of rain. 
It was it was something ridiculous, like trillions of gallons of water in like forty eight hours or something. Yeah, and when it made landfall, I don't think it was that strong of a storm. I might be wrong here. No, um, I, it, it was still. I believe it was still a hurricane, but yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a Category Five or anything like that. But it was it was a hurricane. But you know, at after a certain point, you don't even care about how bad the wind speed was when you're dumping a trillion gallons of water onto like it, it yeah. was so much water that the USGS could actually measure like the, the ground was depressed because of all the water that was dumped on it. That the, yeah. the topography actually got lowered because yeah, of all the water there. There's a, Oh no, it made landfall as a category four. So it was still, uh, well, yeah, powerful. <laughs> never, never mind. Yeah. But it, um, in, you know, it's interesting in, in Australia a couple of years ago, they got, they got hit by a bunch of severe floods because they get uh, right when they move. I want to say it's right in the, the shoulder, either when they're going, when they're coming out of winter or going into winter. Yeah. They're all backwards down there. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm all turned around <clears throat> is when they get their storm stormy season when they get their wet season essentially they have a funny name for it those crazy aussies bangerang maybe something like that uh, Banger, that, that, that sounds about right uh, yeah that's a skrillex uh, song that's not a yeah. <laughs> um skrillex and now what is yeah oh boy it's gonna sort of bother me um it's something goofy like that bang up um anyway they got so much rain they they caused um they caused uh, flooding in the interior of the continent that there was a noticeable drop in sea level rise in in the in the eastern pacific and, and indian ocean basins because that water had been dumped on the continent jeez it, it took so the rebound was taking so long. Yeah, it took time for the water then to recede back into the oceans that it was measurable. Wow. In terms of, yeah. There was That's a, incredible. There was a paper a couple of years ago about that. Uh, and it just sort of blew my mind that there was so much water dumped. On, on Australia that yes. it acted like a sponge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you know, that was one of my first like environmental science kind of labs to do back in high school in the mid nineties, if you can believe that, like was to measure uh stream water recharge, you yeah. know, a, a storm comes in and if you have enough uh, pervious surface, essentially uh, places for the water to infiltrate, then the creeks should actually peak after the rain stops. Mm -hmm. But if you have impervious surfaces, then the creeks actually peak you know, you know, during the rain event. So um, essentially Australia acted as if it was a giant impervious surface, essentially a sponge holding onto all that water. That's insane. <laughs> enough, enough to change uh, sea level is crazy. Wow. Uh, banger, banger rank. Banger rank. Banger rank. Yeah. Banger rank. Not, not, it's an R N R E N G. Mm. Um, 
I thought that was an Australian minivan, but I think that might be. I don't know. I might be off. A- anyway, it doesn't matter. The thing is, the, the, the thing is that to get us back, sort of full circle here with Texas. Yeah, yeah. Took a little detour, but back to Texas. Uh, a cold background information, you know. Uh, you know, I, I I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from it, but it, it's a cold. I don't want to call it snap, but a, a cold period in the center of the United States for days on end does not equate no global warming. No. And, and that's, and I think that's part of it is that, so this it's, it's sort of a paradox because it, it's likely caused by warming. So you get warm as you warm the atmosphere, some of this warm air, gets pushed aloft into the, into the stratosphere, which is, you know, tens of miles into the atmosphere. Normally where you have really cold air. And so when you push this warmer air aloft, it actually diverts the cold air down. And so that's, that's what we, that's, if you've ever heard the term a polar vortex, Mm -hmm. that's what's happening here is you have this warm air, in the Arctic, that's getting pushed aloft, and the, the what's what's known as the jet stream, which is stratospheric, this sort of river of air that moves around in the stratosphere, or I guess it's part of the troposphere and stratosphere, and um, it's it's cold because it's at elevation, it's it's at height, you know, five, ten. 20, 30, 40 miles in the atmosphere, and when you push this warmer air up, it it disrupts that that flow and actually causes it to drive down to the surface. And it usually causes it to drive down the surface. You know, the jet stream drops from the, it comes from the Arctic, like across North America, down up over the Rockies and normally shoots across the Midwest and, you know, up and then shoots back up into the North Atlantic. Well, if you, if you sort of disrupt that, you can cause it to drive down into, into the, near the surface and that's what that's basically what's happened a couple of years ago it the same thing happened but it happened in the northeast of the u.s yeah i remember i was working outside yeah all winter yeah. it sucked yeah we had like negative 30 for like a week straight or something yeah uh, you know i i remember i that was uh what four or five years ago uh and as a kid i remember like the delaware river freezing and I don't remember it freezing ever for like a good 20, 30 years. And then until I had to work outside. Yeah. <laughs> then, I yeah, then I remember it. Yeah. Like I could walk to New Jersey over the river. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what's going on sort of in the, in the lower States right now in the, in the, the Midwest into the South. Yeah. Is there and, this disruption of, of the jet stream as the, uh, I saw a meme the other day. It was uh, this weather pattern. It was like really hot on the West coast and really hot on the East coast and like just blue and purple in the center of the country. And it's like, they call this the seven 11 burrito weather pattern. <laughs> <laughs> it was like lava on the outside uh, yeah. in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's kind of crazy Cause we've here in the Northeast, we've gotten hit with two snowstorms now back to back in a week. Yeah. Because so, uh, last year, I think we got like a dusting. Yeah, the past two years, we've yeah. had three 
and now we've yeah we're we we got it's it's also sort of crazy some of these storms because the one last week where we got like a foot over a foot it was the weirdest storm i ever remember it was like sleet and then snow and then sleet and then snow. it was weird but we got we got nine and a half inches and the literally in the town next to us which is less than a mile away they got four yeah and, and you know it, it's it, you know we're getting a little bit off topic but yeah. they, they often talk about that i-95 corridor for anybody who lives on the east coast you know oh the the storm's gonna fall the i-95 corridor well there's first of all there's lots of uh, there's an engineering reason why that happens. There's a geological reason why that happens. The engineering reason is, um, is, that, I-90- where the, is that where the cities are? Yeah, exactly. The I-95 corridor follows the cities and the cities f- geologically follow the fall line essentially. Yeah, yeah. So where the, yeah. where the Piedmont ends, you know, cities back in colonial times established where ships could get to. Well, ships can't go up waterfalls. So the cities kind of stopped where the waterfalls happened. Mm-hmm. And the fall line is essentially where the I-95 corridor is because the I-95 corridor followed that fall line where those waterfalls were all the way up and down the East Coast. And that topographic change also affects the weather. So if you're, if you're you know, on the one side of the I-95 corridor, you might get that wintry mix or rain. And if you're on the other side of that I-95 corridor, essentially up topographically a tiny bit, you're going to get snow. And, and that's why that line well, often follows that. And I-95. also, so the fall line happens because that's pretty much where the coastal plain hits Piedmont. Yes. You yes. start yes. hitting this, this like the uh, crystalline rock and kind of, uh, it gets, it's, and, and then the coastal plains is all just flat lying, unconsolidated sediment. Yeah, and we so, could totally get into Jesse's realm, like with the history of like and the fall lines and industrialization, and you know using those fall lines to power mills and power like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but you know when you have in on the east coast, you have storms that are called nor'easters, and so these are storms. And actually, Seminac knows he could talk about you know the the Black Friday storm. Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, you mean? Ash of nineteen March of nineteen sixty two. Come on, yeah, come on. I got my wrong. <laughs> catholic holidays there but uh when when it's when the, st- the storm these storms roll up the east coast and they're called nor'easters because they're rotating counterclockwise so the the wind is blowing from the northeast as it hits the coast and that this is part of it <clears throat> is where you have that fall line you know as that air mass is coming across the coast you know, it's dumping the precipitation or, or whatever. And if the air is not cold enough, it's going to come out as, as rain or as sleet. But as that air mass starts hitting elevation, the air mass has to go up. And as it goes up, it cools off. And so then it drops the precipitation as snow or, or, or ice. But so it's, um, you know, it's, it, it is sort of interesting when you start, when you piece together you know, how the geology affects these, this weather patterns. And so it's whenever you look at like rain shadows never cease to amaze me. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty crazy. And it's uh, so rain shadows are when, uh, so you see that it's, it's this area we have mountains, these, these tall mountains and 
uh, you, and then just on the other side of the mountains, you just get into this this desert environment, and it's just you know you see because all the precipitation kind of occurs in the mountains, and there's there's just there's nothing there's nothing happening like so on the uh, right next to the mountain. So you see this in the uh, in the United States, um, you know the uh, basically. The, east, uh, the coast, east side of the east the, side. I was going to say the east coast is, the east is not a rain the, shadow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just just to the east of these uh, of these mountains. You see, that's that's the rain shadow. You get these, yeah, just, these desert environments. Think about like think about picture the Pacific Northwest. Like picture Washington or, or Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, picture like Seattle. What do you picture in your mind? Like it's always raining, and you have these temperate rainforests. But the eastern side of, of Washington State and Oregon are deserts. And it's because the Cascade Mountains there. So all that air mass, as the air mass has to go up and over the Cascade, it just drops all of its precipitation because it's cooling as it's going over the mountain. Yeah, that's what our, our Patreon Maddie just said. Excellent example. East side of Oregon, high desert, western side of Oregon yeah. gets nine months of rain. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of rain. Nonstop. Anyhow. Uh, Speaking of rain, have you ever had rain on a Word document before? No. No? You've never lived. <laughs> uh, this might qualify as the worst segue ever. That was really, our... that didn't even make sense. <laughs> like, are you talking about like precipitation or like uh, the rain, like R E I G N? I, I don't know. I, mean, I, was, I was thinking purple, purple rain, like Prince. Which which rain are you looking for? Do you know how to find the thesaurus? Oh, there you go. See, Listen. there we go. See, we, we just fixed that. Jesse, Jesse just fixed that. <laughs> he did. So the formatting formula, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. Uh, just, Jesse did just mention the thesaurus, which is a handy, very handy tool. You don't know how many times... Um, if you ever had to write like a, a cover letter or a, a, a statement of goals or something like that, and, and you want to sound smart, but you don't want to repeat yourself, man, that SARS on word is very, very valuable. Um, but the formatting formula not only can show you how to use the, the SARS, um, they can show you all kinds of different things like, um, formatting your table of contents formatting your um uh they can actually create fillable documents and things like that so you know if you have something they have to fill out over and over and over again they can create documents where you just like fill in here fill in here like the date the name the the site or whatever um, they can teach you how to do all that stuff at youtube forward slash c forward slash formatting formula where they have all kinds of videos for um, all different types of, not types, all different versions of Word for Mac and or PC. So um, check them out, formattingformula.com. But more important than that, check them out on YouTube, like them, subscribe to them, but then write them a comment. Say, uh, Geology Flannelcast sent me your way. So they, they know who to thank for that. So check them out, formattingformula.com. Tell them Geology Flannelcast sent you. So I guess back to back to Texas. Did you? I know they were they were having. I think you guys wanted to talk about this. You saying uh, about the the power outages? Yes. Right? And uh, and what was what was going on with that? And um, I don't know. I, 
Jesse, did you have uh, did you have some stuff you wanted to talk about that with the in terms of the the windmills? Oh, boy, do I! Here we go. This do is I, I'm a regular Don Quixote here. Uh, <laughs> Donkey, what? Yeah, just just going. I guess I would be Sancho Panza, maybe. I don't know. Uh, look at these literary references. I'm trying. I'm 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 blown away. Uh, so. This actually, this topic was mentioned to me by uh, a fan of the show, uh, my friend Carrie, who lives down in Texas and was without power. And she basically wanted to know, why, why am I without power? Spent the last of their, their phone yeah. <laughs> battery life to text you to say, why am I without power? <laughs> Texted the old Geology Flannel Cast helpline. I could call the power company or Jesse. <laughs> I all picked Jesse. <laughs> and you know what? They made a good call. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, I'm glad you asked. We're recording late this week, so uh, <laughs> you got to wait a few extra days. Yeah, um, you only get a Don Quixote reference in a Premier Geology podcast, <laughs> which is what our Patreon Maddie said. Why we are the Premier Geology podcast, but continue. Um, so I, I guess sort of the easy answer is, uh, because they were unprepared for the storm. So te- Texas is, is sort of interesting, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll oversimplify a lot of this. But the, the way our, our country is set up in terms of its, its power grid, and, and feel free to jump in if, if I mess this up, is, is basically our country is divided into three regions when it comes to the way the power grid is set up. Uh, there's the Eastern grid, which covers basically uh, all of the Eastern states in, into like the Midwest. And then there's the Western grid, which is, is sort of the, the Western states, including the Rocky Mountain states. And then there's Texas. Then there's Texas, baby. And Texas yep. is its own grid. And, and a lot of it comes down. I, you know, I don't want to simplify again to the mentality of we can do this on our own. Yeah, t- Texas, Texas is a very big state. I will say like Texas is a huge mass. state. Texas has been extremely independent ever since it's been a part of the United States. <clears throat> Texas has tried to secede before. Texas has been part of Mexico before. Like t- Texas. They were an independent country for, I don't mm, know. It doesn't matter. A few. Yeah. So te- sorry, Texas. Sorry to our Texan listeners. I don't recognize any of that. Um, <laughs> no, but, but they are a very proud state. They are a very independent state. And they also uh, produce a ton of energy. They do. A ton. And think, when you think of geology in Texas, what do you think of? Exactly. Oil and gas. Black they, gold. They Black produce tea. a ton of energy. Literally Texas tea. Yeah. Other than like, you know, West Virginia, Pennsylvania and Kentucky producing coal, maybe Ohio, like Texas, Wyoming, Montana. Well, yeah. Wyoming, Montana, Texas is where it's at. So Texas, um, based on this, again, I'm oversimplifying too. based on this, uh, historical thought of we can be independent, decided to, we don't need the federal government overseeing our electrical grid. We're going to do it ourselves. And they established its own um, independent electrical grid overseer, essentially. Yeah. 
to oversee the Texas electrical grid. And part of it was the, there was a lot of this came in the eighties when energy in our country was deregulated by the federal government. And so they, they were allowed to sort of do their own thing and they established the energy reliability company of Texas, which is a nonprofit agency that oversees all the power and oversees the grid. I do want to mention when I, part of the reason I like to give Texas a lot of guff is just because it riles up Texans so much. (laughs) And, you know, my friends from Texas riles them up and I just love it. But you said Texas is where it's happening. And that's something that no one outside of Texas ever says. Well, you know, if you're from Texas and you're listening to us and you want to have a voice on this podcast, become a Patreon. Yeah, check us out on Patreon. You can join and give me all the guff you want to give. If you join Patreon, you get to suggest episodes. You get to, yeah. You know, I say this all half tongue in cheek. You know, I I have no tongue Ah. in no cheek. I'm saying (laughs) become a Patreon. Put your money where your mouth is, Texas. Yeah. Go. Yeah, I'm messing with Texas right now. Oh, (laughs) nobody messes with Texas. Oh, man. I shouldn't. that's gonna be a mistake. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So back back to back to what's happening. Well, so, real fast. So uh, just uh, about the wind said what's energy. happening again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Turns out Texas is where it's happening. So Texas is the largest wind producer of uh, uh, for uh, the largest producer of wind energy. Excuse me, in the United States. And- <laughs> There's a big difference between the two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they make, uh, let's see, looks, uh, they, they're making a ton of, of um, wind energy. And if Texas were to become its own independent country, it would be the fifth largest wind power producer in the world. Nice. So, And so with this, these power outages, 80% of the outages are due to oil and gas. <clears throat> Actually, gas and oil, essentially. Um, or, sorry, gas and coal. Uh, <clears throat> wind, the wind uh, turbines that shut down um, account for less than 15% of the power outages. Hmm. And those, those turbines that shut down, <clears throat> shut down because, well, they froze. It got really cold. And so you need to account for cold with anything in life and you need to winterize. So turbines, you can winterize, you know, fairly readily. You think about. Yeah, there's there's wind turbines. Yeah. All throughout North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, like all throughout the Midwest, there's tons and tons and tons of wind turbines and they don't just stop in October. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's wind turbines on Antarctica. Yeah, that's one of the, the ways they, they power McMurdo. So you 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 winterize them. <clears throat> Basically, you put little heaters <laughs> up in the generator <laughs> to, to sort of keep things moving. And you got to you got to account for like how you grease your gears and whatnot. Um, and they didn't. Because this is sort of a one off s- storm. They weren't. Yeah. No, and exactly. That, that makes sense. Like, why? Why would you? 
why would you winterize something that's you know and it's it's never been below freezing before it's interesting too because because there is so much wind power in texas the the turbines that weren't knocked offline could generate enough excess power to essentially account for the ones that were knocked offline hmm. so the the real issue here comes from the natural gas which which is sort of interesting in that in texas and and in a lot of places the natural gas where you're where you have the natural gas power plant there's very little storage okay and so the natural gas storage is coming from the permian basin of texas so the permian basin is in west texas i believe so but yeah um so the 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 permian basin is in um the western and and southwestern portions of the of of the state near like the new mexico border um and so you have there that's where a lot of your oil came from and so when you pump out oil you pump out natural gas as well and a lot of that natural gas they used to just flare they would burn so uh, but a lot of the older oil fields where they've sort of spent the fields and they've exhausted them, you have space now. And so what you do is you pump any natural gas you're producing into that field and it acts as a storage basin. You're, you're using the natural reservoir. And we do this in Pennsylvania. We have a ton of old oil fields in Pennsylvania and that's the main place we store our natural gas that we produce say through uh, fracking is it gets, it gets fracked and it gets pumped out of the Marcellus shale and it gets stored in these fields in, in Western Pennsylvania. And uh, a friend of the, I only sort of realized this very recently, more recently than, than I care to admit, like December when I was talking to my friend, friend of the podcast, Liz, who works for the state and she maps abandoned oil and gas wells and she, she deals with the oil fields. And she was like, she texted me and she was like, uh, all of our fields are topped up with natural gas ready for winter because that's where they store, store all of the, mm. the natural gas to then pump to the power plants to produce uh, throughout, throughout the winter when it's needed. Yeah. There, so there are caves and stuff in, uh, southeastern Pennsylvania, down here in Delco, that you know, they actually like there's like equipment in there. There's like trucks and stuff in these caves, but the caves were so big that they just sealed them off and used them as essentially storage tanks. Natural, yeah, it's for natural gas. Wow. Jesse, so it, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't know that's where they stored natural gas. Yeah. So I'm just learning that yeah. now in February. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I was like, oh, that, that makes a lot of So in, in Texas, they store a lot of the natural gas because they, they frack down there and, 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 and they pump. I mean, anywhere you have oil, you're going to have natural gas that they, mm-hmm. they produce together. And so they, the, the problem is all of their population centers 
are not in Western Texas. Mm-hmm. And so to, to, and that's, so your power plants are near your population centers because you lose energy on transmission lines. So you want to have your mm-hmm. power plants near your population centers. So <clears throat> they're shipping this oil across. And so what's happening is you're getting freeze up along pipelines. And so it's you're, you're, the transmission of, or, or the, the production it's it's just trying to move the fuel source Hmm. it was these pipelines and the power plants themselves are not equipped to handle cold because again Mm -hmm. rule one off like yeah yeah and and this is totally anecdotal but um my parents and grandparents grew up in the northwestern portion of pennsylvania where there's a lot of natural gas just naturally in the ground and you could buy, you could purchase a a house and it would say like free natural gas heat. And I remember asking like, what is, what are they talking about? They're like, Oh yeah, well there's just natural gas in the ground. You just stick a pipe in there. Just have a pipe. Yeah. yeah, Just, (laughs) and, and, Oh my gosh. And in the summertime, when the ground is warm, there's a lot of pressure on the natural gas and you'd have a lot of pressure on your stove. You'd turn your stove on, your your flame would be 10 feet high. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when it's really, really cold out, you turn your stove on and the pressure is lower. So you'd only have like a two inch flame on your stove. And I'm wondering if that's the same thing with these Permian Basin stuff. Like, you know, if you cool that down a few degrees, I'm sure the pressure differential changes hmm. and this is totally guessing this is totally anecdotal i don't know if well, it's pretty yeah easy. well, I mean, well i'm sorry see what what causes the pressure differential what were you saying the temperature so, On, so what's because the, the ground temperature yeah but the, the the ground temperature stays pretty pretty constant that's why like like only like the top uh, not, couple not not to not really i mean but like the only like like you would only get like the like if there's like the top of the ground freezes from storm like only the top couple inches freezes and uh, it's, it's it's up up north you know up north like in northern pennsylvania uh your frost line is like five feet i was so gonna say it's 48 it, inches i think yeah it's, uh, so it's it's it, you know if you're if you're getting gas from 48 inches yeah yeah uh yeah. And, and that's why like there's bu- building codes and stuff like like when I built my deck I had to dig down uh 40 inches to put my footers. Yeah, I was gonna say, I thought it was to get below the frost line. Inches in, in Philadelphia, yeah. Cuz you got to go the frost line. Yeah. But even the the temperature hmm. the the temperature difference before you hit like um <clears throat> where where you lose the surface is like 50 feet before you hit like an average temperature of like 50 degrees. Okay. And so it's, it's not saying it's freezing, but it's enough that it, that temperature differentials matter to a certain extent, but this is, this has to be in Texas. It's just the pipelines aren't winterized. Mm-hmm. Like when we had the polar vortex, like we didn't lose power at all. Cause we can handle because yeah, cold. We, we know. So you're saying we're better in Texas. I, I didn't. Say I think he's messing with Texas right now. I, I'm not <laughs> saying it. I'm just throwing facts out. So <laughs> I'm saying something about the Cowboys. I but got it's it. just, yeah, <laughs> it's just, it, and part of it, like you know, some of it, <clears throat> you, you you can't plan for. It, but on the other hand, you should start thinking about these things because 
these extreme events that we're seeing are, are in, in, in some, some part caused by disruptions in, in the atmosphere. We've seen more polar vortexes in the past 20 years than we had in the past 50. Right. And, and whether if, or not that's just a coincidence is, is I guess, subject to, to a little debate. Part of Texas, too, um, ERCOT, so the, the company, or the nonprofit or whatever, the agency that runs it, they had taken some plants offline for just maintenance because they weren't. So it's just bad timing. It was, it was, but that was a, a, a small part of it. But yeah, you know, they, it, it was just a lot of the natural gas and the coal. And to a smaller extent, nuclear power, they, they had taken some of the capacity offline. But none of it comes down, long story short, none of it comes down to the wind power. That, no. or, or a very small part. If they were part of the national grid, this may or may not have been yeah, a thing. Issue. I, but, it would have been, I don't know if it would have been so long-lasting. True. Yes. Yes. I, I agree. Agreed. Like just it's with like, any storm, any sort of outage, you're, yeah, you may I mean, have a local uh, Missouri and, and Arkansas are, are dealing with these issues right now, but right. But you, you can deal with a power outage for 12 hours. It's hard to deal with the power outage for five days. They, they, yeah. Yeah. I remember we lost power a couple of years ago for like four days and it, oh, it was just a headache, but that was, <clears throat> that was I, in the summer though. It was ice that it brought down live. Oh, it was ice. Mm. Yeah, it was like a March storm. So March storms just are ice because it's like warm enough. Yeah. That it it's it's not snow. So it was ice. Yeah, it brought down all the lines. Real mm. bummer. Uh you know, one of the other things they're dealing with is that none of the homes are very few of the homes are insulated. Yeah, sure. And so like Pipes are bursting left and right. Jeez. Yeah. So like these water, all of the water plants are just trying to, trying to manage this. They're, you know, yeah, they can't like imagine everybody just turn on their faucet all at once because your pipes burst. You, you, the water companies can't handle that sort of supply. They just said it's just sort of a mess right now with, <clears throat> trying to like get pressure back up and trying to figure out where things are broken in. And like people don't know how to turn off their water in their house. I don't know. We've, I've growing up, we would have pipes that would break when they would freeze. And so like, maybe it was just me. No, 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 no. I, 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 I agree. Like, my I, I knew, I know where to turn off the water. Uh, I know where to turn off the gas. I know where to turn off the gas inside. I know where to turn off the gas outside. It's good things to know when you own a house. I mean, I know I know where to turn the water off outside. I, there's a special tool, though, you need to do that, and I don't have that. But You know where to turn it off inside? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, the, it's a very old ball valve, which when I turn it yeah. off, drips my, a tiny bit. My, yeah, mine, mine got replaced with with just a regular valve like a quarter turn valve yeah and every time i do it it's just like everything shakes it's like the scene yeah. from the taking <laughs> the pipes yeah but yeah uh, we do yeah i remember we have the we have the thing out on the street right the the front of my house is a little little hill that has a tree on it and 
I have no idea where the where it is now because like the soil has creeped over it. <laughs> no, I, I know where mine know. is, but I I don't have the tool to turn it off. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure I could get in there with like a wrench or something, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, Texas, it, it's it's sort of it, it's sort of like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Yeah. I don't know if you, uh, and again, I don't want to get too political, but I don't know if you saw the, uh, the, I think it was the mayor of Colorado city, Texas. Oh yeah. He, re- he resigned <laughs> after that. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. He basically said, suck it up, figure it out for yourself. Yeah. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah, you're on your own. Stop looking for a handout. The point of the government's not to help you. And people are like, I, no, actually it is. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty bad, but, uh, well, the good news is the um, the weather forecast, at least in Dallas, is looking like it's it's heating up. So yeah, it was uh, yeah through this week it was cold. Yeah, it's supposed to get warmer. And I most of if if you are in Texas, you know the Texas Tribune has just done a phenomenal job reporting on this. And if you yeah. want to read up on any of this, uh, the Texas Tribune is is where I've got most of my news on this. Yeah, and I went and said that. Texas Tribune and maybe Austin Times, maybe yeah, yeah. There, but uh, support your local news. Again, you know, our heart goes out to you. We're we're not we're yeah. not wishing ill will, but at the yeah. same time, um, they're they're you know, this is just what you know. Climate climate change can lead to weather changes. Yeah, yeah. These sort of. Ran these extreme events, and that's yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, lots, yeah. Um, and yeah, again, it's it's all tongue in cheek, and hopefully, when when everything's back to normal, I'll still make fun of Texas because yeah, and, and honestly, and, and, <laughs> oh, but in all seriousness, like people died, you know, over forty yeah. people died. Like this is terrible. Yeah. Um, there there was a a, a peer collapse of like a. a floating home community in louisiana like it's not just texas that's being affected by this weather but texas texas was affected by the weather in that they lost a lot of power and because Mm -hmm. texas decided to regulate their own power and um so but that's not to say that the weather hasn't affected other parts of the midwest no and and part of there there is part of a story here and it's not a story for us to sort of get into that this none of this to a certain extent is is like a surprise there 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 is a story about like people have been saying like your system is not ready to handle x y and z Mm -hmm. Mm. and they 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 just sort of ignored some of the kick the can down the road yeah and 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 you can say that about yeah. any state in the union yeah the whole united states with our for, infrastructure for yeah. Yeah. yeah government but, uh, doesn't tend to be proactive about many things you know, and it, it's 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 a case where when bad things happen it's easy to look at that and say yeah no people have been saying this for years now yeah mm-hmm. i mean most most developed nations have had high speed internet to like 95 percent of their community for decades <laughs> The United States does not. I just got like, it last year. Like we have high speed internet, yes, to a lot of the industrialized, uh, urbanized areas, but there's there's still a lot of the United States that you know use dial up 
or satellite or or whatever you know and i guess satellites technically high speed but there's a lot of infrastructure things that are going on in the whole united states not just the texas electrical grid yeah yeah anyhow um yeah sorry i went off (laughs) (laughs) so there you have it so you know, just because you get one cold snap in Texas doesn't mean climate change is all, you know, disproven. No, it's it's stuff like this is going to happen. So, um, yeah, I hope they, uh, you know, start getting getting things cleared up there. I heard about the uh, the giant cheese uh, on the interstate. The how many cars were involved in that pileup? It was like there was like a ton. It was a huge, huge auto accident. I, you know, you always see like. When the South gets like an ice storm, you yeah, see yeah. scenes of the highway where it's just like hundreds of cars. And uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I feel like Georgia not- had an ice storm not too long ago. No, a whole state shut down for like three days. Well, <laughs> yeah. was- I'd like to say not not that we're any better at driving in in like snow or ice. <clears throat> I think we just know not to do it. Yeah. Also, the other thing is the roads are in the in the north. They tend to treat the roads beforehand. Yeah, that that yeah, is that's part that's of it. The, yeah, that helps. That's that's a huge. And that it was sort of interesting. Have you seen? You can see these pictures of Texarkana. So Texarkana sits, as the name implies, on the Texas Arkansas border, and <clears throat> Texas has no snow plows or Texarkana has no snow plows, but Texarkana, Arkansas has snow plows. And so, so half the city's plowed this road. Yeah. That goes on the border and like the northbound lanes are all plowed clear and the southbound lanes are just covered in snow. Oh no. <laughs> Which, you know, you share the name, man. Just, just go down the southbound lanes, help, help your neighbor out. Uh, well, That's, you know, in their, in their defense, some of that has to do with like insurance. And, oh yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I'm just tax yeah. dollars. And, I'm just messing. Yeah. No, I know, but, but I, I, I get it. Like, and, and so awful. Also some of it too, you know, if anybody's lived in the North and has driven South, you tend to notice little things like, uh, like overpasses in the South, like have these, like holes in them and and grids in them or whatever. And, but in the North, they tend to be solid walls because in the North, when there's a snowstorm, you plow up against that wall. And yep. in the South, if you were to plow up against that, that wall with the holes or the grids in them, that snow would just then drop down onto the underlying underpass and <laughs> kill people. So like, the, you know, even engineering wise, they, they tend to, uh, engineer some things like bridges and, and overpasses and underpasses and things like that slightly differently to accommodate for the snow plowing events. And it, it's funny. Cause like just this, so we just yesterday um, here in, in, you know, the Philadelphia area, <clears throat> we got I don't know, close to a foot of snow and I literally commenting as it's like going on. I'm like, they still haven't cleared the streets yet yeah like I'm, I'm i'm also really transitioning quickly into a grumpy old man <laughs> like i'm out there like shoveling and i'm like look, look at these streets they're still a mess but also to reference our conversation from earlier jesse is 
above the fall line. I am below the fall line. He got over a foot. I got like four inches. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we live 20 minutes apart. Yeah, it's so, crazy. Yeah. Well, I think that uh that about wraps it up for uh for this week. Yeah, I'm they, pretty sure we angered enough people this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the emails will be interesting from this week. So I hope so. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, thanks everyone for, for listening to, uh, to the premier geology podcast. Um, check us out on, um, see on Twitter at geo flannel cast or on Facebook, geology flannel cast, uh, go to geology We got lots of fun stuff on our website. A lot of, uh, we post the links that we talk about from each episode. Um, if you'd like to support the, the podcast, uh, you can, uh, we have some merch you can buy on geologyflannelcast.com or we can also become a, a Patreon subscriber or a Patreon patron. And uh, we have a bunch of different plans there. You can come hang out with us while we record the episodes or check a bunch of different tiers there. Um, and uh, oh, also, if you have any geology questions you'd like answered, uh, go to geologyflannelcast.com, click on listener questions and uh, shoot us an email about uh, about your geology questions every once in a while we'll get uh we'll get a bunch of these questions together and we'll do a whole episode based on just answering them so send them over and uh i think that's uh that's about it for this week Am i missing anything youtube we got the videos up on youtube yeah episodes are up on youtube you get to see our shiny mugs oh <laughs> that's our that's our faces and our coffee mugs oh this <laughs> so um, yeah, so thanks a lot, everyone, uh, and have a good week. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you guys next week. Oh, we got an interesting episode for next week. We already oh. we already got this thing in the works. It'll be it'll be a fun one. So I'm super excited because I have no idea what Chris is talking about. <laughs> I thought we talked about this. Anyways, they don't even know. <laughs> they don't even know what's happening next week. I know what's happening next week. So tune in next week. Love you guys, and we'll see you then. Bye. See you. Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> <laughs>